we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. First Samuel 1 and 4 tells us the story of Elkanah and his two wives, Hannah and Penina, or Penina. Uh, these were his wives, and of course, Penina had many sons and daughters, and Hannah had no children. And we start this off in 1 Samuel 1 and 4. And when the day came for Elkanah to make his offering, he gave to Penina, his wife, and to all her sons and daughters, their part of the feast. But to Hannah, he gave one part, though Hannah was very dear to him, but the Lord had not let her have children. And the other wife did everything possible to make her unhappy because the Lord had not let her have children. And year by year... Whenever she went up to the house of the Lord, she kept on attacking her so that Hannah gave herself up to weeping and would take no food. So the lady was attacking her because she was jealous of and she had the children and she was still jealous because Hannah was very dear to her husband. Then her husband Elkanah said to her, Hannah, why are you weeping and why are you not eating? Why is your heart troubled? Am I not more to you than ten Sons? Ah, yeah, he had game, didn't he? First Samuel 1 and 9. So after they had taken food and wine in the guest room, Hannah got up. Now, Eli the priest was seated by the pillars of the doorway of the temple of the Lord. And with grief in her soul, weeping bitterly, she made her prayer to the Lord. And she made an oath and said, O Lord of armies, if you will truly take note of the sorrow of your servant, not turning away from me, but keeping me in mind and will give me a man child, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and his hair will be never cut. Meaning he will take the vow of the Nazarite to to dedicate his life to God. Now, while she was a long time in prayer before the Lord, Eli was watching her mouth. For Hannah's prayer came from her heart and through her lip. And though her lips were moving, she made no sound. So it seemed to Eli that she was overcome with wine. And Eli said to her, how long are you going to be the worse for drink? Put away the effects of your wine from you. And Hannah answering him said, no, my Lord, I am a woman whose spirit is broken with sorrow. And I have not taken wine or strong drink, but I have been opening my heart before the Lord. Do not take your servant to be a good for nothing woman for my pain, for my words have come from my stored up sorrow and pain. Then Eli said to her, go in peace and may the God of Israel give you an answer to the prayer ye have made to him. So Eli blessed her. She was happy about that. And she said, may your servant have grace in your eyes. So the woman went away and she took part in the feast and her face was no longer sad. And we know the next We know the rest of the story where she actually gave birth to the greatest priest that ever lived, actually, Samuel. So we learn some things from this passage, and it's very important. The first thing we learn, of course, is a godly mother does what? Praise. A godly mother prays. Hannah's prayers cleaned up the temple. Eli's sons were judged, and the rule of Agag ended. Because of Samuel through the prayers of his mother. That shows you how powerful this woman's prayers were. Even though she wasn't loud. Amen. She, she kept it silent because she did not want to embarrass her husband. 
and put him on blast. So she just moved her mouth and did it discreetly. And those prayers still were effective. Amen. We got a lot of that folks loud praying. Amen. Your husband hear you in there. Oh, Lord, touch him. He's a wretch undone. Help him, God. He's just a jack leg sucker. Oh, God. Uh, ooh, uh, what have I done? Ooh, what did you do? Oh, God. You can't be in there praying that. He hear you. That's not what Hannah did. Hannah kept respect and honor. Amen. And prayed and her prayer, the Bible said, was, was answered. Many of us today are functioning by a prayer and promise from our mothers. Many of our mothers prayed that God would do things for us and keep us safe. Though the father may have been the protector and provider, many times, most times, our mothers covered us in prayer. That's a part of nourishing. So the woman as a nourisher is the one that prays. She's got the baby in her arms. She's got the baby in her lap. She's got the baby in her belly. So that's when she can cover the baby in prayer. And those, how many of you know you functioning off of a prayer? Amen. Amen. Some of your grandmamas and great grandmamas prayed for you. And that's the only reason you in here right now. So you never take it for granted when a mother prays. Amen. When church mothers pray. Amen. You never take that for granted because those prayers change things. Amen. And many of us grew up and became what those prayers were about. Amen? Amen. Prayers of praying mothers have saved generations of people. They prayed for our freedom in spite of their own bondage. Yes. Amen. Many, many mothers have prayed because, you know, back then they would separate the man and the woman. So it was up for the mother to be that matriarch, to be that one that called the prayer and called people to prayer. Amen. Even when situations weren't ideal for some mothers, their prayer life was ideal because in prayer you can challenge your situation and circumstance with the hope of things changing. So even when it was less than ideal, electricity off, no food in the cupboard, amen, there were mothers that got on their knees and prayed to God. Not for electricity, but for their children. I can't get amen to you. Prayed for their children to do better, be better, come out of this. Conditions be better for my child. Those are some powerful prayers. And many mothers get to reap the benefit. They get to see. Hey man, mothers not getting jealous of their children's success, but they get to see their children stand up successful and know that their prayers were instrumental in that happening. So things may have been bad for me, but they'll be better for you because I'm praying for you. Also, through prayer, you can create a better situation than the one you may have experienced. What you have learned in your life experiences can be help for those that you are raising. Amen. Going through teaches you. How many of you learned from going through? So I tell you, when you get married, don't be trying to get financially secure before you get married. You need to learn to struggle together. See, I can't get in. Hey, man, you wait until you get successful to marry, you're going to be in sin. Hey, man, you, you need to use those formulative years to grow together. Because that's, that's the glue that's going to hold you together. If you're both successful and, and financially secure and everything before you get married, you'll need each other. 
Soon as you get mad, oh, I was doing good without you. I can do bad all by myself. I mean, attitude just changes. But when you have those years of struggle together, it tests your love. Come on, I need some amens in here. It tests your love to see if it's for real. Amen. Anybody can love somebody that's got bank. Amen. He paid. I'll find a way to love him. Let's see you love him under a bridge. That's the test. Holes in the ceiling and rain buckets. Let's see you love him then. On the bus. Can you love him on the bus? Love anybody driving a Jaguar. What if all he got is some old cat? <laughs> you still don't love him. <laughs> Amen. But those years, those are important years. That's when, you, that's when it's tested and tried. When you have a testimony of overcoming. That's right. A godly mother does what? Commits. Amen. A godly mother commits. Just look at the animal kingdom. Go in there and try to get one of those lion cubs from that lion. It's just go in there and just, just, just take one and see what happens. And the lion don't get you. That lion is loud. Mama going to rip you up. And that's how you should be about your family and your children. Amen. Somebody come in, try to get, uh-uh. You're going to get clawed and scratched and bit. In Texas, we call it shot. Amen. But a godly mother commits. She knows. That's her house. Hannah was committed to her husband. Even though she was hurting, she kept it to what? Mm. I wish I could just pass the mic to some of these mothers in here and let them tell you how to keep your business in your house. Keep your business in your house. Don't make folks upset at your spouse. When folks get upset at your spouse and y'all in there making love and okay, they're going to be still upset with your spouse. You drag your mama in it, she's in it forever. You can be healed and delivered and set free and everything going good in your house and your mama's still not going to like him. Because you set her off. Keep your business where? In your... Don't nobody need to know what you and your husband going through. What happened with y'all? And y'all, so don't be telling folks to encourage them. Keep your business. You tell them what the words say to encourage them. We got a whole Bible full of stories we can use, don't we, mother? Got a whole Bible full of stories. Why you got to tell your story? Amen. Amen. Folk coming. I mean, I hear they come to me telling me, yeah, well, I talked to Sister So and so about it. And she said to me and my husband, we wasn't doing it enough. What? <laughs> First of all, how she know? Second of all, why are you talking to her? Right. I mean, should we get on birth control? We like, That's your house. That's, right. That's your body. That's right. Don't be talking to nobody about that. That's right. What's your husband say? That's right. That's it. That's it. He wants a hundred children. That's between you and him. Amen. We I'm not pastoring that kind of church. I ain't have nobody's daddy in here. So don't be asking me daddy questions. Keep your business where? In your house. That's why God rewarded Hannah. Because she kept her business in her house. I can't get an amen. That's why your prayers aren't getting answered. Because you on the phone. Get off the phone. We don't have sub-pastors in here either. Stay out of folks' business. 
folks' personal business. Amen. Well, you know, pastor and sister, Lord, they don't really, you know, they don't really deal with those things. So, you know, but I'll help you with that. No, if we don't deal with it, it's for a reason. Come ask me, I tell you. See, we do a whole lot of sending folks to their wives and their husbands. That's what we do. We say, oh, have you talked to your husband? Oh, do you need to talk to your wife? Husband, wife, wife, wife. Some folks are intercept that. <laughs> so they can gain a place in your life, gain a foothold in your life, get, you know, so they can have some influence over you. Oh, yeah, because we won't do it. So, you know, they don't really do, you know, but I'll tell you, you know, I'll tell you when to sleep with them. I'll tell you what to do. No, no, ain't no interceptions. Cut that junk out. Sub pastoring and co subs and start a church. I've been wondering why some folks in here haven't started one. Go start a church and do it all just like you have planned. This is what this is who God. Some of some people pray for 15, 20 years and God don't hear any of their prayers because they can't keep their business and they can't keep other people's business. God hates busybodies because you cause discord in the body. You make people lose faith and confidence in the leadership. And they no longer trust the word that's coming forth. You did that. And you'll pay for it. Even though she was hurting, she kept it to herself and talked to God about it. She was favored by her husband, yet she did not use that to her advantage. Amen. She kept her home intact. In spite of her pain. Amen. Wrecking ball women. You keep your home intact. Why would you blow your house up because you're mad? Wrecking ball. Just boom. I'm going to tie this place down. And then you got to fix it. Get mad and breaking your own dishes. Why would you break your dishes? Kicking over stuff and oh, I, I hate this house. <laughs> you go sleep. Hey, Amen. If you got uncontrollable rage like that, then you just need some deliverance. Hey, Amen. You just tying up stuff that costs money. That's crazy. Stuff you bought, still paying for. You went to Rena Center and tore it up, tore up, tore up the washing machine. You still paying on that. Went to cons and you know you're gonna be paying on that for years. You done tore the door off the washer. No! <laughs> Just, <laughs> how you gonna run with no door? Water gonna get everywhere. People do that. Amen. No, no, no. This is how I'm telling you how to get your prayers answered. You think God gonna answer that prayer and you done tore your house up? You prayed. He blessed you with the stuff. You prayed for that washer. And he gave it to you. Then you gonna tear the door, door off. Amen. Somebody in denial. Well, it wasn't a washing machine. It's more like an iron. Though many mothers work and have careers outside the home, a true godly mother always puts her family first. Amen. Your job never never comes before your family. I can't get an amen. When your job starts coming before your family, it's time to leave. Amen. God didn't make you for that job. He made you for your family. Amen. Think I'm playing? Look at your body. He gave you what you needed for your family. Gave you the body to bear the children. Gave you the body to nourish the children. That that ought to count for something when you're making decisions. You ought to be factoring that into the equation. Amen? 
your children ought to, and your home ought to always come first. Her husband, her children, and all that God has given her as a home is always what? To a godly woman. Now, if you're ungodly, okay. But to a godly woman, first priority is home. Amen. Oh, I need some amens in here. When her home is out of whack and she faces extreme tests and trials, she does not what? She doesn't blow it up, but she holds it together, knowing that God would not have brought her this far to leave her. Can you remember? That's what we forget. Man, you're successful. You got a nice Camry. Amen. Now you can shop. At, you know, Nordstrom's Rack used to be half off half. Used to have to have stabbing bullet wounds in jackets and coats in order for you to buy them. But now, amen, you can go and buy it off the rack. At the rack. Might even go into the real Nordstrom's every night. Can't stay long, but you can go in there. You used to couldn't do that. God brought you. So when a test and trial comes, all you have to do is get into a nice, quiet place and remember. Can you remember? Can you remember? Amen. We used to have to eat the hamburger helper without the hamburger. We just ate the helper. Wasn't helping nothing. It's just the helper. Ramen noodles. Remember that? Cutting up wieners. Some of y'all don't remember. Bologna, whatever, whatever was in there that could be cut up would go in, the, uh, in there. Amen. Vienna, sausages, spam. How, how did, you know, and y'all know what that is, right? Those like testicles and stuff from the pig. Just stuff that was left. What are we going to do with this? I'll smash it all together and, and <laughs> put, it in a, put it in a can. <laughs> That's what it is. Spam and potted meat. That was it. That's all we had. But look at you now. After service, you're going to go to Handolini's. Bring me pasta. Lobster, please. Five of them. Look at us. Look how we're eating now. Look at your shoes. So we used to wear, I used to have one pair of church shoes I would wear every time the church doors opened. And if there was a special occasion at school, I had to wear them. But now you got shoes and all you have to do is remember, women, don't get discontent. Go back a little ways and you'll see where God has brought you and it will bring contentment. Amen. Just remember, just remember you had the knockoff purse. Now you have a real one. Remember that? Yes. I mean, my wife is a living witness. Well, they used to have to like get in this van in New York and drive around the corner, go down in this bunker, go up these stairs around this corner. And then there's like a wall that looked like a mirror, but it's not. It'll open. You go in it. And all the name brand knockoff purses are in there. Y'all think I'm, am I, am I telling the truth? Christians are creeping. <laughs> Wait, get down. Everybody get down. What, what, was the, what was the key word they had? Obama. When they say Obama, that's, you got to put everything up. 
yeah, African dude would walk down, Obama, Obama, everybody, whoop. That mean that the law was coming, bunko. I, I lived that experience. It was, it, <laughs> running and hiding, heart beating fast. For some knockouts, bro. I'm so glad when we had the money to get the real one. Good gracious, boy, it was testing trials to get that knockout. <laughs> Tribulations. Amen. But where God has brought us from. Amen. He's changed things. He has changed things. She does not fight with others concerning what's hers, but she believes God will fight and win her battles for her. Amen. God will fight for the godly woman. Don't you mess with her stuff. He will fight for her. She don't have to do it. The godly woman has confidence. You talk about it, she's just going about her business. That's all right. She believes God will fight her battles for her. And then when a woman is all contrary and loud and rude and all that, that's embarrassing her husband. That's why whenever a woman is like that, you ever notice the husband? He'll never say nothing. He go places just talking to himself. Oh, God. Man. Oh, she crazy. Mm. He just sit there. She just learned to hell up and so and so talking to everybody business and ooh, did you hear? Ooh, did you? he just That's embarrassing. You embarrass your whole house like that. Real mother will never allow anyone or anything to come between her and what God has made her responsible for. Even when the situation is not ideal, a true mother commits to it to see it through. True fulfillment and self-worth comes from helping others. She holds her peace in every situation and is slow to wrath and what? That's a godly mother. Quick to hear, slow to wrath, quick to hear. She believes that God can do anything and will fix any situation. So because of that, she keeps all lines of communication with God open and available. She doesn't wait to talk to God after the fact, but she always maintains a good rapport with God. And then finally, a godly woman is what? Godly. Doesn't that make sense? Hannah made a vow to the Lord and when, she, when he gave her a child, she kept her promise. And she worshipped and praised God for giving her what she desired. But it was God's desire to have Samuel as well. Listen. It was God's desire to have Samuel. He was just looking for a woman. God needed Samuel. Because the priest was, they were acting a fool in the temple. Eli's sons. God needed someone to judge them and then he knew the Amalekites was going to act up, those Nephilims and he knew somebody had to kill Agag. So God was just waiting on a godly woman to talk to him the right way. To handle her business the right way. Her request lined up with God's plan and the nation was blessed because of it. That's what happens when your request from God lines up with God's plan. Not your plan and sprinkle some God on it. No, you being devoid of what you want to do, seeking what God wants from you. Amen. God's plan is the only plan for a godly mother. Her choices are made after God's plan. When she hurts, God is the first to know and many times, what? The only one to know. Amen. 
Amen. Your husband's struggling on his job, trying to take care of you. May have got laid off or something or whatever, and that hurts you because you don't know where the next meal is coming from, whatever. You need to just go to God. Don't go to him. Where's the next meal coming from? Oh, you lost your job. That's just going to make it worse. Talk to God. Pray for him. That's a godly woman. Put yourself last. That's a godly woman. Even without the applause of people and the accolades of public opinion, a true godly mother will do what is right and be consistent. Though she may be overlooked by many and may not get the praise of the crowd, she holds her home together knowing that God is pleased. The person that God will use to change the world, shake up the devil's camp, expose the enemy and save many souls is always born from a mother. Jesus Christ himself was born from a mother. This is why it's so important that mothers pray and seek God for their children. You never know who you are raising. So it's very important to be a godly mother. Summary! Whether you are married, divorced, or a single mother, you have a job on your hands. In our modern society, a mother is often overlooked. She is always judged when she is not doing a job well, but ignored when she is doing it the right way. Amen? Oh, yeah. They don't want to hear nothing about you trying to take care of your kids, come off your job, be home. They don't want to hear nothing about that because the new age agenda, they understand the chemical imbalance in children that lack motherly care. They understand that when that child grows older, they'll be easier to manipulate by the media. Oh, yeah, do your studies. I've done mine. They know. Yeah, when a woman, when a child grows up and is cultivated by a mother that's there, putting her hands on them, holding them all the time, all that, it's hard to break that child's will. Child's going to be headstrong. But if the child is missing those things, then they're going to fall for the new age agenda and you aren't going to be able to influence them God's way. I wish I could get amens in here. A true godly mother does not base her home on the opinions of others, but rather what God desires. Pleasing God requires a total commitment to raising her children right, treating her husband right, and taking care of herself. Amen? Amen. Women, amen. A godly mother takes care of herself. Amen. Don't be looking like trash all day, every day, and then wonder why he like looking at the uh, basketball wives. Amen. You don't look like that. You look like you playing the basketball. Can you fix yourself up sometimes? Amen. Wonder why he ain't ever looking at you. He just, hey. Go, go. I want a refund. Can you fix yourself up? Tack some fruit in your hair. Just put a pear or something right there. I mean, man. Perfume, something. I always smell like you've been boxing. Can you, can you fresh, freshen up? Freshen up. Just freshen up. Look cute. Hey Amen. Obviously, he liked the way you look. He married you. He liked something. Can you enhance it a bit? Or let's just keep it congruent to when, it, when you married him. Don't fall off. Ooh, I'm married now. I can just let myself go. And he gonna let you go. Hey man, I know some people that's not important. It should be about what's inside. Shut up. Hey man, men don't even work like that. Hey man, you can you can keep fighting for that all you want. Hey man, you gonna lose that fight. 
Can I be honest in here? Got all these young folks in here, man. I need to tell y'all the truth. Beauty is in the, it's in the. <laughs> hey, what are you trying to tell? And it's always women. Why are you trying to tell a man where beauty is? We know where it is. Oh, no. See, beauty is in the, it's just going to define beauty for us like it's going to change our mind. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, but then since you're so, you know, <laughs> whatever, you better clean yourself up and fix up. Just look nice. Can you do that? Amen. I mean, is that asking too much? Can I preach to the women in here? A godly woman knows better. When this is done properly, the home is stronger and will produce better living conditions for all those that are in her care. In the godly mothers. Okay, see, a, a godly mother, the, the reason why I, I harp on that, fixing yourself and looking nice, because if you do that, you'll do that with your house. you keep your house clean. Hey Amen. If your body's nasty, I know your house is nasty. They, they come together. It's a package. It's a, it's a package. Yeah, I know your house is filthy if you filthy. Hey Amen. You got roaches crawling on you. So I know where they came from. Hey Amen. They didn't jump on you when you got outside. <laughs> Can I tell them the truth, mother? I'm just trying to help them. They, they, y- y'all just need to know this stuff. Hey Amen. Hey Amen. You don't have to have roaches either. I don't care if the neighbors got them. I don't care if the people upstairs, downstairs, on both sides. We didn't have we lived in the projects and didn't have no roaches. Roaches knew my mama. You got to get in there and clean up. That's what bring them. They, roaches don't want to be where clean is. That's a roach. Just clean up. But your outside is going to reflect all of that. Amen. Amen. Godly mothers. Oh, that's godly. Cleansiness is what? That ain't even in the Bible, but hey, it, it, it sounds good. Proverbs 14 and 1. Did I just quote Krishna? The wise woman builds her home or a house, but with her own hands, the foolish one does what? Tears hers down. Did you know you can't tear nobody's house down that's not yours? You can come in here to church. You can get with folk. You can talk about other folk. You can go on your job. You can talk about other folk. You can, women, listen, you can talk about other women. Talk about, you know, you jealous of them and you don't like this or that. And talk about them, down them, down their husbands and all that. But do you know whose home you turn up when you do that? Yours. You can't tear somebody else's house down. You will always tear yours down. That's why it behooves you that are women that are married and have families to be godly women. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective from G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of Adamant Believers Council in Grand Prairie, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas, 76124, or Donate online at www.exministries.com.